as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today so mike let me ask you how many steps have you taken today oh my gosh um let me check i think like yeah 821. Okay. It's still early though in the day, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but but how many hustle points is that though for you? <laughs> hustle points. Uh I I'd, I'd say probably not many. I don't know what hustle point is, but probably not many, Michael. Why do you ask? All right. So today we have a confession about the algorithm that calculates those hustle points and I'm air quoting that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, let's get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. 
So you mentioned a confession, Michael, about hustle points. Yes, and we'll get there. But first, we have a confession about a topic that may be on many people's mind today, healthcare. So let's go ahead and introduce our special guest for the show, Matthew Zachary. Welcome. It is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm the Dime Store Tour, and I'm very Googleable for your listeners, but a 25-year brain cancer survivor, concert pianist, film composer, 10 years on Madison Avenue running marketing and branding for major clients, switched to uh, cancer advocacy and research in 2006, founded the largest young adult cancer organization in the in the world called Stupid Cancer, exited two years ago to start the first evidence-based audio podcasting research network in the world called Offscript Media, and got back behind the mic after being on the mic for 14 years, starting in 2007 with a new podcast called Out of Patience. Okay, let's get right into it. We're calling our first confession, should I stay or should I go? I'm not going to lie. I really don't like the company I work for. I've been here for the past eight years, and... Let's just say it feels a lot like the movie Office Space. I'm even a software developer like the main characters. And I swear to God, there is even a guy in my company with the last name Lumberg. He's not my boss or even a manager at all, but still. Anyway, I continue to stay there because, well, the benefits are pretty good. We don't get a lot of the fun perks that you hear about in the Bay Area, the free lunches and stuff. We're in suburban Illinois anyway, but the health coverage is really great. My husband is an artist and he actually does really well with it and brings in a reasonable income. But my company's healthcare plan is so good that our family stays on my plan. And honestly, It's one of the only things that's really keeping me there. So there it is. My confession. I pretty much don't like my job very much. But damn it, the healthcare is just too good to leave. That's a tough choice, especially with everything going on today. So, Matthew, we'll kick it back to you. What do you think? Well, again, in the interest of our anonymity continuity, I can name 14 friends immediately who are this this couple, you know, uh, got to pay the rent or doing it for the rent or whatever, to, uh, do, do, do it for the mortgage, D-I-F-T-M, right? That's what it is. Mm. They didn't mention whether they have kids or not. So that's another equation into factoring in the value of healthcare. But I would also say, like, if you've got good healthcare and you're it's good enough for you and you've possibly done enough digging into what benefits actually mean, which is a rabbit hole of another podcast on <laughs> employer benefits coverage. It, it's hard to not just take it for the team for the greater good if yeah. your relationship with the other person is good enough, per se. And um, without sounding like a cat poster, like everyone has a choice to take risks in their lives. And if you're, I suppose, privileged enough, no matter who you are, to have decent health coverage to an employer, and you're, I guess, satisfied enough with your day-to-day TPS reports and you're not... <laughs> Perhaps destroying printers in the park with your colleagues one afternoon. Stick with it, but find a hobby. Mm. What do you, do you think? That's it's a a problem of the greater healthcare system here that that people are staying in jobs they don't want simply just to get insurance coverage. To be honest with you, most people don't get divorced because they need the health insurance. And I'll I'll just yeah. end 
<laughs> with that mm. factoid, not quite fact, yeah. factoid. It really does come down to what you need in your life. And if you start to think about, we're having a very Gen X millennial audience conversation. This is not Medicare Part D beneficiaries living in their third beach house in Florida or Hawaii. <laughs> These are people in their 20s and 30s, largely, who are, you know, 80% of the workforce is under 55 covered by employer benefits. So yeah. this is what do you need? And ideally, you know, I come from, from a world of really bad shit happens to Gen Xers and millennials in healthcare. It is 10% of us. So it's not like everyone's going to go through cancer or MS or early onset diabetes or whatnot. So got to sort of examine the whole picture. Yeah. You know, I, we had a similar confession uh, from somebody that, you know, wasn't about staying because of healthcare, but it was about kind of choosing a job because of a, you know, kind of golden handcuffs that they had, um, mm -hmm. you know, from the company, a really high salary, didn't really love what they were doing. I remember when we talked about it, it's like, life, life's too short to be completely miserable. So I totally can see people staying for, I can totally see people staying for the benefits, but I'm wondering if there's other ways to try you, you mentioned before, get a hobby. Actually, that that's, maybe a great advice because it's like there is there something that they can do whether it's outside of work or maybe even in their work where yeah you're gonna stay but finding some sort you know is there a way to sort of find that i don't know sad i get into you have find satisfaction but is there any way to sort of help them from feeling like it's completely like office space because that does sound pretty miserable i think we should start a secondary podcast old miserable enough <laughs> <laughs> just to quote your genius over there Again, this is this is I mean in, in nerd speak we see N of one. Like this is unique to the individual and in their circumstance. I mean, if they're at a decent enough job where they're miserable enough, but they have time to see their kids or see their parents or care for somebody or they're in a, a stable relationship or you know, where is enough enough versus the individualized human beings satisfaction of what they want to get out of their the time they have left, the, the remaining breaths, as my dad would say, who's 75 years old. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. All right, so this next confession must be about those hustle points you referenced earlier, Michael. <laughs> yes, and I think it'll be relatable to anyone working in tech. We've all seen some hyped up tech that turns out to be you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors behind the scenes. All right, we're calling this one the secret sauce. I used to work for a company that made fitness trackers. The company still exists, but I've moved on several years ago. I specifically worked on the product marketing side of the business. Our fitness tracker at one time was really popular, was featured in all the top gift guides, had several celebrities wearing it on their own, not even as paid endorsements. Things were really working out for us. But here's the thing. Our fitness tracker tracked several things, steps, miles, and another metric that we made up on our own. I'm not gonna tell you the name of it because it would give away the company and I'd like to keep all of this on the hush. But let's call the metric hustle points for the sake of this confession. We marketed these hustle points as being determined by a number of factors, not just movement, but type of activity, the impact of the activity, and more. Here's the confession though, hustle points were really just steps multiplied by 1.85. So if you moved 1,000 steps, you earned 1,850 hustle points. That was it. That was our proprietary algorithm that we talk so much about. 
I think at first, there was this idea that it would be more than that, but it got too difficult to come up with a true algorithm that took those things into account. To this day, I'm not too sure if they ever changed it. Honestly, I'm shocked that no one ever really called us out on it either. Well, at least this confession lived up to the hype. Matthew, what did you think? This is definitely not a company that rhymes with hitting it. <laughs> I, I have no idea. And you know what? Their secret is safe with me. <clears throat> yes, the, the this podcast might self-destruct. <laughs> I think the big brother aspirations of companies to maybe gamify have value. It's been proven. I know Silicon Valley, you know, <laughs> their aspirations for it's become like college 2.0 and live there and don't do anything except live there and you're I think I saw my first nap pod at Google campus in 2007. Like I'm too old for this, but I can see how a 23 year old would want to live here and never go home and have everything they want with free food. So I, I get the gamification of employment benefits, uh, a, a gamification as a benefit of um, aspirational employment. I think it has a tendency to backfire. If you happen to maybe have a disability, I, again, I, I, circumstances that may prevent you from, uh, having equity or parity in the competition itself. There could be people that have kids and can't, you know, it bit themselves around the campus all day long and compete. So as a general rule of thumb, it's it's difficult to make a one size fits all incentive. And then I, I, I can talk about, this has been very public, but how Amazon, you know, has terrible ways to, you know, if you don't pee, you get more shit done. We'll give you a bonus if you don't pee all day. Right. That's not a good way to gamify your bladder for employer benefits. So I would just look at the upside and the downside that there are benefits to gamifying and creating interesting ways for employees to compete against each other. But if there's something that imposes sort of a, a, a physical detriment to employees that don't have the same uh, capabilities of other employees, like taking more, I mean, the fact that the confessional is we just did a 1.85 X on the same shit you're doing already. That's not really fair to people that may be in a wheelchair or have handicaps or may be recovering from something. Were you surprised when you saw, like, again, you, you hear all the time, like, especially with, you know, the connected world, like there's all these measurements that, you know, we're, we're measuring everything. But in this case, it sounds like they just sort of made up the measurement. You know, it's like it sounds like it's very scientific and it's got all this all this, uh, you know, hoopla to it. But really, it was just a simple calculation off of steps. Like, did that surprise you or is that something that didn't surprise you? Nothing surprises me anymore. But I mean, this is like <laughs> not like man versus food competition as an employer benefit. This is, you know, <laughs> whoever eats the most for lunch gets a bonus on Thursdays. This is it's a little little i'll use an sat word skullduggery look it up listeners it's a little uh nefarious in a sense but i think i think it's harmless i don't think this is like you know that the hustle points were based on you know um how close you park to the office in the lot every thursday or who was late because their kids threw up in the morning yeah like one of those things that it's like kind of kind of weird that it's all made up but not really hurting anybody. No, definitely not hurting anybody. And I, I don't think this is nearly as horrible as perhaps other companies have made their incentives. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, I mean, if you want to go full jargon with KPIs and employer incentives and sales targets and bullshit, like those are established. You know, everyone's already competing with each other if you're in a sales driven, you know, uh, employer based economy. 
So I think there's enough there. If you can, I mean, I think the word gamify is already outdated. I'm just dating myself by saying gamify. But I think there is a value to creating morale and esteem and uh, collaborations. You know, the days of the open office are dead and over. And again, the days of the office are possibly dead and over to begin with yeah. during pandemic. <laughs> it's true. But there's a certain chemistry that I just remember in the 90s working for the agencies, like we had chemistry. You know, you had to be friends with everybody, but you got to hang out and meet, meet people and see cool things. If that culture, again, maybe this goes back to the larger corporate culture conversation. The company you work for should have some semblance of non-TPS breaking your printer, going back to the first one, you know, you know, to that extent. Like, do you enjoy working there because of the culture of the type of people that you're working with, your collaborators, your, your coworkers? And, you know, maybe contests are great. I don't, again, go back. I, this is not the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, so now it's time for our two takeaways. All right. Well, you know what, Michael? I will start, and I'd like to pull mine from that first confession, uh, which I think we called, should I stay or should I go? Uh, I want this person to know that it's okay to stay in a job to have your basic needs met. I mean, this is part of why most people go to work every day after all, right? So if you're content and your needs are met, I think you could be doing just fine. Um, my takeaway, though, is that, you know, there's – points in our lives where we take big risks. There's points in our lives where we kick back and, you know, just earn our paycheck. And, you know, it there there isn't anything right or wrong um, here. So I would just say that this person should do what's best for them in whatever phase of life that they're currently in, um, right? Not all jobs will be our most exciting or even fulfilling, um, but you need to think about what phase in that life you want to be in and, you know, whether or not this is the right time to sort of kick back and, and coast a little bit, if you will, it, it may be, it may not be, but maybe it's just something to to think about. But but for some people, you know, that is what they need. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. It takes the pressure off a little bit. So I'll take mine from the secret sauce. My takeaway is don't always believe the hype, right? It's hard to know what's real and what is hype in this world of buzzword marketing, where everything is AI or machine learning powered. And if you work at a company who's pulling a stunt like this, try to do better. That's it. That's the takeaway. <laughs> All right, then, Michael. Well, we'll be back right here next week with more Workplace Confessions right here on Rocketship.fm. For Michael Saka, I'm Mike Belsito, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.